0: On dot AU! Hello? Kivi Lynch. <laughs> How are you this morning?
1: How am I this evening for me, this morning for you?
0: I've just put my washing out and we're expecting it to be 30 degrees Celsius here today. What is it there? Three? Oh,
1: That's quite nice. I don't know what degrees we are today. I think we're dicks, I think.
0: Let me just get over the really hot intro here, Kiwi. Here we go. (gasps) I'm speaking to a member of Bewitched now. You, of course, would remember her working with her sister Adele and Lindsay and Sinead in Bewitched, who had such huge hits as, oh, Sailor Bee. Rollercoaster. I belong. The
2: forever, to
0: you
2: I belong
0: Blame it on the weather man Three million albums. Have I got the right person?
2: Yes,
1: you do. That was a nice intro. Of
0: course, the big exciting thing is you're going to be doing an Australian tour along with East 17, Atomic Kitten, S Club 3, starting in February.
1: We absolutely can't wait to come back because we went to Australia and New Zealand in 99 and we had such a good time there. It felt really welcoming. The only sad thing was that we never got to play there properly and do any shows, so... We're coming back.
0: I speak to a lot of the 80s and 90s artists and they've come to Australia on promotional visits but they haven't actually played here. So you haven't actually gone in front of the audience and went, ha.
1: We did some in-store performances way back when because I can't remember what city we were in but one of them had to be closed down because too many people turned up.
0: Pitt Street Mall in Sydney or would that have been a Melbourne gig maybe?
1: I really don't remember because we did a few of them in a few different places. We were quite shocked by that because we'd never been to Australia before. So to be that well-known and that liked never having visited the actual place, we were like, this is shocking. But we always really missed not getting to play for you guys properly. It's really exciting to come back and do it now.
0: we are you going? Everywhere. Perth, Melbourne, Sydney, Hobart, Gold Coast, even getting to Newcastle, Brisbane. You are getting around.
1: Zipping all over the place. We should actually buy our own plane. So we're literally zipping around like crazy.
0: How did it first feel when you got the band back together and were performing on stage? 2012, was it? Yeah. Was it like getting into an old pair of jeans you really like or was it a bit stiff like a new suit?
1: Was that no pun intended with the jeans? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Part of it was like getting into a stiff suit. The new part, the reality part. We never did anything like that before and that's very kind of new age way to be in the industry that part was really uncomfortable and took a while to get used to when the camera's following you around backstage and in your home and asking you about your life that was really weird and really difficult to get used to for me anyway as soon as we got into the studio and started rehearsing together That's when we put the jeans back on. Again, no pun intended. And we just felt really comfortable, remembered why we were a band together and remembered what we had together. As soon as we actually got back in the rehearsal room and started doing what we do, which is singing, we were just like, we're meant to be here. This is great.
0: Well, speaking of jeans, of course, you work with your sister Adele. You're in the Barbarellas with her. And have you done any more things with the Barbarellas since?
1: We did one album with Barbarellas. loved it, really enjoyed it. Actually, I'm really proud of the album that we wrote because I really like the music that we did. But people didn't want us to be anything but bewitched. You know what? We, we've had a fantastic time. I mean, we took 12 years off together and then suddenly did a TV show and ended up back on arena stages. I really can't complain.
0: <laughs> no, you've got nothing to complain about. Obviously, working with your sister, you get on very well. But when siblings fight, they really fight.
1: We don't actually fight that much. We might fall out or disagree, but fighting is probably not a word I would use.
0: How is the English press, because they can be very ugly and frankly they just make stuff up, how have they been to you in the 21st century?
1: They've been really good. We've never really been a band that the press are very interested in, in terms of we don't fall out of the Met Bar at 4am with this person and that person. I think that we're probably too good for them. Too well behaved is what I mean by that.
0: They must it's be really so weird. annoyed.
1: Yeah, exactly. They're like, darn it, we're looking for some skeletons in your closet and we're looking for you to be really drunk and fallen over somewhere. We don't really give them that. We're quite safe in that way.
0: <laughs> you said that you uh, did the reality show. That would have been the big reunion when you all got back mm-hmm. together again. It's all about the cameras following you around 24-7 or as much as they can and it all comes out in the yeah. editing. So you don't really know what picture they're going to paint of you at the end of it.
1: Nope. That was quite frightening because, yeah, we didn't get a say about what edit was going to come out. And obviously they filmed so much more than what you see on the TV. At times, they only showed a very small snippet of a very large conversation that had many different angles. Most of it, they sort of wanted to make a really good show and didn't paint anyone in too much of a bad light because at the end of the day, they wanted to sell a show out of it as well. At one point, Edel was upset because there was a conversation that got a bit heated and they only showed it from one angle and without the rest of it, it didn't show Edel in the proper light of what actually happened. So that was a bit of a shame and she was quite upset about it.
0: In your private life, you are a humanistic counsellor and a reflective therapeutic practitioner.
1: Well, you've done your research. Yeah, well
0: humanistic counsellor, does that mean that you won't talk to pets?
1: (laughs) I'm basically a counsellor. It's talking therapy with clients one-on-one.
0: You are also a supporter of Stand Down, which helps, uh, I imagine, English veterans, mainly from, is it from the Iraq war or does it go back further than
2: that?
1: They support anyone who's been in any type of army situation and it's for people who are still engaged in that kind of thing or veterans who did it in the past. And they also support their families as well because it really affects the entire family. Obviously, it's really traumatic things that they see and situations they end up in. It's not an easy thing and quite a lot of them suffer in silence.
0: On a professional level, you obviously go through the, the conversational therapy there. But well, What do you think of the early efforts they've been trying in the US just recently by using MDMA and ecstasy to help uh, really relieve the uh, post-traumatic stress disorder symptoms? Do you think that that could be a pathway?
1: Um, I haven't heard of that drug.
0: They have got FDA approval to do small trials. Oh. Got any opinion on that professionally?
1: For me, I think that any kind of drugs sort of don't get to the root of the problem, um, of their fears and their triggers, helping them redecide on how to take care of themselves.
0: Keevy okay, Lynch, let's get this into perspective. You sold three million albums as a group and then Sony drops you off the label in 2001 with not a lot of fanfare and that must have been difficult and you said it was a depressive experience for
2: you.
1: It was devastating. It was really shocking because when you're kind of into the the music industry especially back in the 90s there was just floods of work to do and from the moment we began to the moment we finished we lived and breathed bewitched it was all we had time for in the day it was just absolute mayhem what happened back then for me anyway was just that there was no time and no room to process what was really going on for me emotionally and mentally so i neglected myself unbeknownst to myself i ended up neglecting myself and that had a really big impact on me while we were in the band and then when the band was dropped like that that came out of nowhere for us we didn't know any of that was even being thought about suddenly everything you understand of that for the last four years from the moment you wake up to the moment you're gone to sleep is gone just like that one it's like someone literally pulling the rug from under your feet at a very high speed. It is shocking.
0: Did Sony ever give any decent reason? I mean, you had sold quite a bit. If for a reason you released an album and it only sold half a million, that would not be a disappointment.
1: I know, that's what's a shame for what we ended up getting dropped for. Nowadays, it would be probably 10 times more successful than anyone gets to it these days. We were just unfortunate. The MD of Sony changed and the new managing director just decided that he wanted to sort of make his own stamp on the company. And doing so, ended up getting rid of some bands and taking on some new bands. And unfortunately, we were in his cult. That's basically what it came down to. The person who signed us and believed in us was the MD and he moved on and up and the new guy didn't believe in us in the same way, which is a real shame.
0: On behalf of all Australians, and I can speak for them because we all do know each other, I can just say boo to that guy.
1: No, oh, I'll join in as well. <laughs> <laughs> it was obviously a rubbish time, but you know, it's oh. all good now.
0: And what does the Bewitched stage show look like these days?
1: Fun, fun, fun. Obviously, we're going to go back and do all the nostalgic tunes you know, Sailor V and Roller Coaster and Weatherman and Tua Belong. It's just going to be fun, high energy, really nostalgic. What it tends to happen with Bewitched shows is it talks to people's inner child and everyone just has such fun.
0: <laughs> Your act would be very empowering for girls who would have been young at that time have you had fans come up to you over the years and say things to you that you thought wow I never knew we had that effect on them
1: yeah you know we've impacted a lot of people and it's lovely to hear because we used to work 16 17 hours every day whether you were on the phone to Australia in the car on the way to a photo shoot in Paris you know it was absolutely crazy so you, you didn't really get to see just how impactful our music was on people so it's so nice when people come up and share their stories with us now A lot of people were having a hard time, maybe in their family or something within themselves. And they'll say, you guys just really made me feel free and got in touch with a a part of myself where I felt good. There was one guy, actually, we know who comes to a lot of our shows. He used to be a bewitched fan and he ended up in a motorbike accident and he was in a coma for, gosh, I think he was in a coma for a few months. And his sister played bewitched music that kind of sparked him to have a dream while he was in a coma and the dream was that i was like pushing him around stevens green which is a place in ireland saying you need to wake up you need to sort this out your family are so upset your sister needs you you need to come out of this sleep and wake up again and he woke up (laughs) it was like wow even when we didn't know it would do something that big it did and he wrote to me and told me that story, and he was really grateful. I was like, wow.
0: <laughs> On stage, of course, you are doing that just little bit of traditional Irish dancing that you do with arms by the side, wild foot action? <laughs> ah,
1: well, would we let you down... Australia, Would we let you down?
0: No, no, we'd, we'd have to put you <laughs> back on the plane and say, sorry, come back when you practised.
1: <laughs> I think you guys have waited long enough for that, so yes, I'm sure we'll give you a few little Irish dancing and steps.
0: And how does the band look after itself on tour? Tour's pretty gruelling. Early mornings in the hotel lobby and then you fly all day, particularly Gosh, with Australia, you've got, you've got a lot of time on the plane here.
1: I think it's something in the region of 50 or 60 hours of flying within the couple of weeks we're there. Um, how do we look after ourselves? I just think we're going to need to make sure we stay hydrated make sure we're eating properly
0: lots of hair care products
1: (laughs) yeah lots of them and then the times where we do have an hour or two off just really making sure we allow ourselves the downtime you
0: had the new album in 2012, Champagne or Guinness, and you were just telling me a moment ago you aren't big drinkers. Yet you name an album after a bit of booze.
1: That's so true. It's probably the most unlikely thing attached to us. That is quite ironic. <laughs>
0: well, Kiwi Lynch, I better let you go. We look forward to seeing you across Australia in February. What would you like me to play? Oh,
1: you know what? Saturday. Gotta be, got be, be.
2: Woo! I'll see you there. I get down from a treehouse sitting in the sky. I want to know just what I do.
0: Dot com.au
2: dot AU Liton and Hume. Everything digital.